We're good. We are live. We are live. Hello, Sports everyone. podcast <laughs> on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. A Wednesday. Andrew is still getting set up. And yes, this is a Wednesday, not a Thursday, just in case. Are you sleeping? Yeah. Hello, Sports everyone. podcast. <laughs> so, we shuffled around some... Uh, for you, didn't we? you you made you made this work just for me and it's, it's very much appreciated so we're and very, very pleased this week to have Felix on our podcast good evening very we're pleased to be here um, we've, we've tried to have more I I take full responsibility for last time and all of the uh, IT issues surrounding that and I think my general presence was the was the issue I think <laughs> No, not at all. No, no, th those issues persisted for far longer than what, what, what it was with you. So, um, well, actually, this week is, is kind of the first week our platform's back to having uh, uh, the ability to put two mics through the same computer, which is kind of cool. So, um, we're back on board with that, which is great, which means um, it's perfect timing. Fabulous. Um, and uh, we'll just, we just wait for the technical move, though, to make sure that, that we're really <laughs> <laughs> that, That's like you know, what we're Don't want to speak too soon. Yeah, um, <laughs> we've also got Andrew tuning in on a Wednesday as well, which is... Yeah, it's good, mate. It's good. It's good. It's, 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 it's tricky. I, I think when we, we first started doing this podcast, the world was kind of dead, so no one was really doing anything, so it was fine. And then, of course, our, as our lives kind of come back into play, um, obviously things change, but that's, that's fine. So, mate, Felix, how have you been? We haven't caught up for a while. It's been a while. I, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, I think we're, um, uh, yeah, just, uh, just, just pottering along. Um, nothing too exciting to report. Um, I'm trying really hard not to mention the weather because I, I hate wet, hyperbole, weather hyperbole. But hey, it's been pretty good of recent. But hey, that's um, how we start every podcast off. <laughs> we need to just discuss just the weather. A little weather chat. You know, like, I know yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should avoid that subtle, subtle hint. <laughs> yeah, you've been you've been writing a bit more at the moment, so looking forward to. Yeah, yes, certainly spending more time on two wheels as opposed to four. I, um, I yeah, just riding my bike a lot, kind of enjoying uh, enjoying the weather, enjoying having the ability to kind of, and not to mention daylight savings. Phenomenal. I, Oh, just the fact that it's what is it now in LA where you like caught to eight and it's just getting dark, and that's only going to get better over the coming months, which is which is a delight. They're um, all a pack of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, your your company? What's opposite of summer? Winds. Winter. That guy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, hurry <laughs> on. She's going to be a long winter. Um, we've had someone comment saying, "Hang on, you guys are early bloody down the yeah <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> the problem it becomes a dynamic relationship because we're kind of we have an odd you know obviously audience on the east coast you're in adelaide i'm in the uk so we're kind of balancing three time zones <laughs> with doing all this and sometimes i get the math wrong i apologize hey anyway where uh you can watch or listen whenever you like yeah where does such, such is technology and, and the internet and such who wants to watch TV, watch your TV. You want mm. TV when you want to watch TV. Yep. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. 
Except are we turning into the ultimate hipsters though? There's there's like a, a thrill when you actually do turn the TV on and you catch like the start of a classic Simpsons episode and you're like, <laughs> I could just go on to Disney Plus and watch this anytime I want. But the fact that you happen to get it on, on the TV live, I don't know. It's just it's like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Do, I can't do with the ads anymore. Mm. Oh, mm. I pay, I pay, yeah. uh, you know, you pay for streaming services and stuff like that. And you just get mm. not having to have ad breaks in the I, I like the nostalgia of ads. You know, you know, occasionally you might find an old VHS in, you know, underneath the TV at your parents' house or something like that. And it might have, you know, I'll use an example when I found not long ago, Drop Dead Fred, a, a copy of that. And it would have been recorded in like 94, 95, you know, on the, on the VHS. And as good as the film was, in fact, sorry, as phenomenal as the film was, <laughs> the ads for Wendy's, um, uh, you know, a lube mobile, um, just all those like nostalgic childhood ads that came up, and just the the outfits and you know all the and Sizzler and that kind of thing. I think that's half the fun. I don't know. Um, mm. I don't know. You didn't edit out the, like, no, the no, out the no, oh, man, no. Like, ah. See, the VHS remote. Clicker, it would be like your your VHS had a remote. What? Like, what? That's hey, elite. <laughs> a, new, a pneumatic one. <laughs> it's it's funny how the the human brain works. I find a lot of the time I struggle to recall, you know, things happening in in today. But yeah, like you said, Felix, you watch an old tape from years ago, and you'll remember the jingle. You you sing along to the ad, and you're like, I haven't seen this for fifteen years. It's just incredible. Brothers. That was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. I think so. Probably SA and ACT or something like that. You know, some other kind of. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Exactly. Excuse that audio. And so. <laughs> so, yeah. For everyone listening, this is some ASMR. Just some little glug, 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 glug. Yep. Oh, yeah. Closer to the speaker. It's like a, oh. it's like a Fanta ad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fanta. So, Felix did a pretty cool thing for us in issue three. If no one has seen it or hasn't got issue three yet, still can. Have it on our store. Shipping worldwide. There's um, not many left now. They must be nearly out. Yeah, we're getting pretty close, hey. Um, I've, I've, yeah, I'm... I'm we're getting, we're getting very, very close. So, um, yeah, if people still want one, then you're going to have to get on it pretty quick because, yeah, they're mm. not lasting very long at all, which is, which is good to see. Um, mm. uh, but, yeah, Felix and Bryce went to Lake Gardner Speedway, which is in there. Gardner? Gardner? Gardner. And I should know the reason why it's called Gardner. I'm sure, obviously, some, someone's name. Um, but the, the pronunciation apparently is Gardner. 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 Yeah. Gardner. So where is Lake Gardner? Because for I, this is an event that I know Luke is the same and I've wanted to go for a lot of years, but it's a big commitment to get there. It's not just a like, hey, we're yeah. going to go out to speed week. It's, it's, and you're looking at like what a week minimum to, to yeah. go. Where, where is it and how do, you, how do you get there? The best way to describe it is it's kind of north northwest of Adelaide. Um, Google Maps momentarily. Describe for audio, for audio only. It is so out of Adelaide. If you drive up to Port Augusta, 
which is, I guess, right at the top of the York. Uh, sorry, no, um, uh, Air, Air Peninsula. I'm mm. wait, Google Maps. This oh, geography <laughs> is not my strong point. Um, basically, Port Augusta, right at the tippy top um, of the peninsula, um, which is you know roughly what four hundred odd k's. Um, and then for uh, from from that point on, here we go. So that is Radelaide. Don't say that. I should have said that. No, um, don't say that. No. Down the bottom there. So, and... so basically, yeah, 400-kilometer drive up or, or thereabouts up to uh, Port Augusta, uh, and then you pretty much drive a little bit further out of Port Augusta. Um, you get to a town called Iron Knob. Um, you, you can only imagine what, what that town's famous for. It's the first <laughs> word, not the second word. Send a um, sheet of glue to Iron Knob. Speaking of old commercials, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so once you get to Iron Knob, you quite literally turn right um, off of the, uh, the asphalt and onto a dirt road where you travel for another two and a bit hours. Um, and by dirt road, it's 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 very dirty, very red, very dusty road, um, and you pretty much head west from there. Further inland, um, so yeah, four hours on asphalt, two hours in, um, uh, and you basically arrive at what is known as Lake Gerna, and you can see by the map. This is a, this is a bit misleading because this should should probably be satellites. You can actually appreciate. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wish I wish there was a banana for scale to show you just the uh, the overall <laughs> size of uh, Lake Gerna, but like, see that? Okay, see the little. Um, that kind of uh, no, no, it's up to the top right. Um, see where there's a, basically the long stretch of like the biggest, straightest kind of bit um, is where they do the race. So where you see that little almost like an island um, in the middle, the kind of that largest chunk. Um, to describe that, uh, you might see in some of the photographs. Uh, yeah, at the top there. Uh, actually, no, sorry, further just at the right at the bottom where it says Google. Um, I think that is where the what is what when you're there, it looks like the hills on the other side, but that's it's like an island in the middle. Wow. So it's so for um, those for those on audio, we're looking at a sort of what would you call vaguely sort of rectangular, for want of a better term, shaped island, sort of you know lake, and we're saying at the narrowest part. So the width of where that island is across is what it is ten times as tall. Is that fair um, to say? I, I, you made all of that up. Um, no, <laughs> I'm just going on scale. Hard to describe without photographs of the place, but basically, yeah, um, once again, poorly, uh, poorly educated when it comes to geography. But the place is absolutely huge. So the actual, uh, the, the the racing itself um, is using the smallest fraction um, of of the actual uh, lake itself. In fact, the, we we did a. Um, a dawn flight um i think the second or third day we were there um we yeah there might be some pics somewhere uh we did a, a dawn flight um we we basically were, were having a drink the night before and we met these two young lads that were very enthusiastic and very um very jolly after a few drinks and they introduced themselves as the pilots that were flying people in and out and uh they said oh you should come up for a flight it, quite literally just I, I 
yeah, I was um, I was Kelly McGillis and <laughs> and Bryce was Maverick. Um, uh, but basically, these guys are like, "Oh, you should come up for a flight," and we didn't really think about think about it too much. And the night went on, and then um, we got down to the uh, the makeshift runway, which is essentially just another little strip of uh, salt. And these guys were the same guys that were I would describe as being fairly. Um, fairly uh warm the night before after a few red tins and these were the same guys that were taking us up in the sky at uh at seven o'clock in the morning which was a bit interesting but um yeah it was great fun we yeah and like and uh, from the from the sky you uh, it's only from the sky or if not uh a satellite view where you can 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 really kind of comprehend how absolutely huge the place is um it's um yeah it's very good Um, I'm not sure. I think we may have lost. I think we may have lost Andrew. Andrew. So the the ghost, the ghost of Felix's past has come back again. (laughs) Are we still recording, Aaron? So you wait for Andrew to try and come back in. We shall wait for Andrew to rejoin. He can come back in. Maybe. Hey. Hey. Where did, uh, where did you lose us? At the bar. But carry on. I'll, I'll pick up. <laughs> um, no, 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 we, we, we kind of stopped stop. anyway. Stop. Yeah, I'm trying to dig through. Anyway, it's very big. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's vast. vast. You'll, you'll, oh, here we go. Actually, there's a really good picture here. Uh, vast. vast vast, and salty are the two. For the two. Here's an aerial shot. I think Bryce took this one. Um, as the pilot was giving, Bryce and I were both sitting on the same side of the aircraft at this point, and uh, there was a lot of rudder happening to keep the aeroplane. This, this <laughs> plane, I think the the kind of the colloquial name for the plane is an air caravan. Um, <laughs> you can, is that the island? You can see the island off in the middle. So that, to give you an idea, I guess a sense of scale, that little picture of the island for those that can see. That is that little island in the middle, and you can only just see how far away the, um, mm. the I guess, the edge of the lake is. And yeah. What you can see in that photo is essentially a combination of the pits and also the uh, kind of spectators. So they're all kind of lined up, and they're probably a good kilometre away from the actual racing. The actual racing's right is that where that we can see something. That's uh, the timing shed. Right. Mm-hmm. And the racing goes in between those two. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's just the, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, of the of the vehicles that are there. That's essentially the call the main spectator kind of area and, and pits. And then there's wow. a group roughly the same size at the start end and at the finish end as well, which are you know, helping cars start and helping cars That's finish. incredible. So as a spectator, what do you actually see? You, you see a car a kilometre off kind of in the distance in a big trail of dust or so, um, Get, get going. Let Gator Speedway explain what it is. 
Because oh, yeah, yeah. we haven't really got into that. We kind of presume that. As far as I'm aware, it's the the only other event really like um, the Bonneville that everyone knows. So mm. Australia has this, uh, or the US has, has Bonneville, has a big big salt lake with not much on it. Uh, we have Lake Gairdner, and there's I presume there's a few others around the world, but I think we just happen to have the next best. Uh, the reason it's so popular is because Bonneville, like Lake Gairdner, is affected by tides. Um, so certain times of the year, hence why they happen you know, when they happen. And these people that have sunk millions of dollars into the, or people that have sunk hundreds of thousands of dollars into into a, an AU Falcon taxi to race on Salt Lake or people <laughs> that have done it with a, a posty bike or then you've got people that have done it with a uh, like multi-million dollar truck or whatever they've developed. Um, these people, have, you know, you want to race your toy more often than once a year or, or for like a week or two per year. Um, so they bring, well, I guess with those kind of budgets, they can justify bringing them down to Australia, um, which is... Um, mm. At great cost and great difficulty, from what I gather, at, judging by the way these vehicles get into the into the you call it facility, but how they get into like get in the first place, um, it's hard enough mm. getting a car, let alone how they manage to move a towing a. Because when yeah. you think about like just even uh, the Australia is you know since we've sort of lived over here you realize Australia is a very long way away from everywhere that, you know, even if you're just a person, so forget the fact that you've got a race car or tools and a team, like a person, it's, it's 24 hours of travel time door to door to get from the UK to Australia. And then you think that you're going to get to Adelaide and then you've still got that journey into the middle of the outback with yeah. your, what, 20 foot long racing car the truck your crew the tools like it's and you don't live there so it's not like you have a four-wheel drive or you have a trailer and you have all this stuff there you know you've you're did did the american teams ship their tow cars down or do they kind of hire and borrow um i think they hire and borrow that kind of thing um mm -hmm. I, I, so basically the event runs for a week or, or thereabouts if not a little bit longer um mm -hmm. So there's teams there from, I, I presume it's a, it's, it's a month exercise for a lot of people because obviously not to make, that's not including putting them on a ship or a, mm. flies or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, the, the experience of, um, you know, getting to Adelaide, maybe doing a little bit of servicing or maintenance or doing bits and pieces mm -hmm. in Adelaide, then putting it on a truck. Um, and nothing really gets towed there, kind of open truck or anything. It's all done in shipping containers. And I guess you do get the occasional vehicle that might be done on an open truck, but you know, it's, it's not as not as simple as just taking a car out to a, mm. a that kind of thing. Um, so these people, I'd imagine, yeah, the, the time and effort that goes into it, they want to make sure they're, they're, um, the event, they're going to get full value. Once again, you know, you prepare your car to take out to Mel after the day and, you know, you you, you throw a rod on the first lap or you sell it to your pool and, mm. whatever, and you just ruined a day. That's a bit annoying because you paid your entry and that kind of thing. You can't imagine. Yeah. You know, imagine shipping a, you know, a, 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 you know, turbine-powered something rather across the world just to uh, do that and breaks, and you don't necessarily have parts. But you know, like there was there was stories about um, guys going back and forth to. Uh, oh, my mic's being a pain. All right. I'm to Mike Tim now. Um, we can pass the mic. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um you know like i'm sure you know there's there's like there's guys that bring 
like little tiny lathe setups and all kinds of things like that. Mm. So there's, yeah, there's like full workshops um, and, and think, well, I guess inside containers and that kind of thing that are yeah. there to be able to spin things up and do bits and pieces. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. And, and these, so, you know, one part are kind of all of the things you never really think about when you go, even as a spectator, I mean, you, you mentioned that the competitors have to be self-sufficient, but, the spectators have to be self-sufficient too. Like there's no cash machines and there's no, you know, like supermarkets on the corner to, to get some milk. Like you need to be oh. like. Yeah, you, you, you take in, the, the kind of the rule is you take everything in, you take everything out kind of thing. It's, you know, naturally as you do with camping and with your rubbish mm. and that kind of thing. But you've got to make sure, yeah, it's a, it's um, obviously no FPOS, there's no, there's no 4G, there's no, um uh, you know, despite the temptation to upload boomerangs to Instagram and and uh, all these great photo sunsets that we photograph, that kind of thing straight away, you can't do any of that. So, you're um, it, it's it's basically yeah, runs off of cash, um, which is you know, mm. I don't like, like at the end of the day, that's really not that no no different to a uh, your local ethnic supermarket really, but it, it, it's it, it's um it's a bit of a surprise when you when you realize like how much cash do i take do i take am i going to drink $300 worth of beer in the next 3 days or you know or or how much but beer you, do i take or <laughs> you sure as hell don't want to be 6 hours from the nearest uh, drive in and go like oh crap i'd like another beer <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you've got no cash like. <laughs> but there, there was a guy um and he charged accordingly because if there's one resource out there that is important despite food and drink is ice to keep said things fresh uh, and there was a guy driving yeah. around he had like this this clapped out old um uh, ford courier that i think had done a few trips between port augusta and like in, in over the years and not to mention lots of water in it so the rust is yeah. pretty <laughs> enough insult. uh so the rust was a bit of an issue um and I can't remember how much they were. Bryce would be able to back me up on this, but I think it was about ten bucks a bag of ice. And <laughs> that's but, good but, value. <laughs> but I was gonna, you know what? It's incredibly good value when you're incredibly sunburnt um, yep. on parts yep. of your body that have never really seen the sun directly before. Um, <laughs> ice to keep your food cool, and just ice to just generally, you know, hold against yourself is uh, mm. is, is is quite a commodity. Yeah. I love those moments where you're like, I know I'm getting fleeced, but I don't even care. This is good value. <laughs> like, oh, like, oh absolutely. There was even the um, uh, the uh, the food. Um, you you you're paying. It was like a they had like an all you can eat type situation um, where it's just mm -hmm. like a basically a paper plate and a and a uh, you know one of those forks that has a structural rigidity of a noodle, and. Um, <laughs> And it was basically all you can eat. And I think when they saw Bryce and I roll up to that counter, they were, it was almost like on The Simpsons where um, when the when sign says was, all you can eat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We had to justify the man ourselves. who had all he could eat. And Bryce and I had our hands at full span on these plates, holding them to get maximum rigidity, and we were being tactical about what food we put at what pile on the plate to create the the perfect pyramid. Um, but I think it was like $25 for an all you can eat plate, which wasn't the biggest plate, but you know, they, uh, yeah. yeah, it was expensive, but also you're that hungry and that accompanied with beer, you, yeah, they can just charge whatever they want. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's going to a good cause, you know, the people that put on the show and put on the food and that kind of thing, it's all pretty much, you know, it's small businesses and they're, they're doing a really good job. And also the, 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 
cost and time involved in getting cold beer and ice to the middle of a salt lake in outback south australia is <laughs> <it's> also not <laughs> it's, yeah it's worth 10 bucks a bag i think <laughs> so i mean one thing for me that really is fascinating about you know going to these events and like you know doing 12 hour bathurst 12 hour or going um you know to a rally or something like that is always like what's the um what's like a day typically like, like, you know, what, you know, when are you getting up? What do you do? Where do you go? Cause there's not really anything to do, but go see racing. So like, yeah. What was, um, what was a typical day? Obviously you were shooting for us and have, trying to go around and see things and, and bits and pieces, but yeah. What'd you do when you were there? Yeah. So the first, I guess the first day we, we kind of arrived, um, kind of midday to lunch, uh, yeah, just after lunch. Um, and I, I guess one thing that is important before you have your day is trying to get a camping spot or trying to get a good spot because all the good spots are flat um, with relatively soft earth to, you know, put your tent pegs in, that kind of thing, and they disappear really, really quickly. So um, providing you have got a good camping spot um, and your tent doesn't blow over in the middle of the night and so on and so forth, the start of your day would begin... Um, with uh, whipping up some kind of breakfast. So uh, Bryce and I took the WebEQ um, and um, whipped up some pretty pretty basic kind of food first thing in the morning. And, and the thing is, you, you wake up. Um, oh, in fact, I'll, I'll relate to one particular day, which was probably the, long, the, mm. like, the, the biggest day we did, which was waking up to uh, lightning at about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, wow. which was really 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 close to the point where i think there was one point where bryce and i were both levitating off the ground in fear um and we both kind of like we're both in swags and we both kind of simultaneously unzipped looked at each other and just immediately like almost yeah simultaneously said uh the gas bottle so we reached over to the gas bottle brought the gas bottle closer to us for some reason um uh, well, I, I, I swear it hit the ground at, at the campsite somewhere. I, I, yeah, it was very wow. scary. But um, uh, so, yeah, that was the survived the night. Um, and that was the first time, apparently, that they've had a, basically a storm. Um, so, because it's so hot out there, it's 35 degrees. That's one of, the, mm. well, one of the first times they've had a decent storm. What that did, though, um, because there was a lot of lightning, was put the. Uh, the timing equipment, which is done via you know big poles and lots of lots of metal and lots of uh, um, uh, conductive materials, and put all the yeah. timing stuff out. So the first day that we, the first full day we had there, it um, the racing didn't start till probably one one thirty in the afternoon, but mm. that gave us a good opportunity to have a poke around in the in the pits basically and and have a bit of a, a bit of a look through. A lot of people when going out there will and which i think is kind of part of the fun and my, my dad and my uncle and, and a few friends that have gone out there have always done this which is they will find a campsite park the car and all that kind of thing and then they will take bikes out on the on the lake mm. so yeah you'll ride out there on your bikes which is good fun in theory um bryce and i are lazy and didn't organize bikes and we thought i oh, will just wing it and we'll just walk out there turns out to get from the shore to the actual racing is quite far. Um, but, but as long as you clean your car, you can drive out there. I think it was a, a, a the pass, I think, was $40 or something for a couple of days. 
Um, so you can basically drive out there and you can park on the side and, and that means you keep your beer with you. You keep, <laughs> I keep referring to beer, but that was, a, that was, that was important. But it's you basically all there is to do, right? <laughs> yeah. And cause we took a fair bit of like camera gear out there and that kind of thing. It was handy having the car out there and we had music and we had, you know, and mm. an air conditioned car to turn over every now and then yeah. on, uh, on Bryce's previous employer's dollar, which was good. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we spent a fair bit of time in, in the pits and it gives you an opportunity. And I think the pits was my favorite part as much as, and, and you asked before about the racing itself and what do you see and that kind of thing. You, you don't see much actual racing. You can go to the start line and watch these things take off. Um, as you can imagine, they're so highly geared. You don't see much. You just see something kind of almost stuttering and, and idling off the line and you hear it change up maybe three gears and then you, you can't see it anymore. Um, so the start line is just interesting to see these things kind of, you know, um, sitting there idle, waiting for their opportunity to, to kind of go hell for leather. Um, if you get, look at the uh, the that photograph from before, you can see the actual racing itself is right, well, not, not on the horizon, but it's a good, say, kilometre away. Hmm. Um, so the actual, they come past and they, you can kind of hear what's going really fast. It's more about it, the, or, the audible side of things because it's a flat surface. You get a lot of like travel. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this, um, uh, and the bit that I really enjoyed was they'll go do their run and they'll turn around at the end and then they'll drive past the pits. So it's mm. like a bit of a, not a, not a show pony kind of thing, but these, these cars would, would come back along and pull back into the pits and you get to see this thing that's just gone, you know, absolutely like incredibly quick. What, what speeds are we talking out of interest? Like what, what are the uh, well, that's here? a good question? Cause I had forgotten those kind of figures, but it depends on the class and that Four kind of park. thing. But I think, park, like uh, 500 k's an hour or he can bring up the results. Um, <laughs> there was one, and once again, it depends on the category and that kind of thing, but here we go. Um, so there was one, oh, sorry, here we go, 200 mile an hour club. That is the thing. So that is, yeah. that is a, that's a special club to be in. I think there, if you can crack the, the 200 mile an hour, that's, that's the kind of like mm -hmm. the, that's the, what would you call it? That's the, uh, the, the, the one minute 15 round Malalar kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. Like fast, You're moving. Like, you're moving. Yeah. There you go. Three. That's the record. 309. That's just one example. So, so let's very work fast. that out. Yes. 309 MPH to just get my conversion right just for those. But yeah, so it's just a whisker under 500 kilometers now, 497. Yeah. So that's, that's book. That's not that's slow. No. Uh, <laughs> there was one in particular which I, I – I I mentioned wrote about which was a, a lady by Eva Eva Hackinson Hackinsonson, um, a uh, a woman that lives in New Zealand um, that's from Sweden evidently, and I think at one point she held the record for the fastest woman on two wheels, and she's also still got the record for the fastest electric uh, motorcycle, um, wow. and did the same. I think she did the same record on at the same attempt. And mm -hmm. um, and that was an impressive bit of equipment. You know, that was something that was um, not expected to go so quick, or, or they weren't expecting to crack anything that that weekend. But um, and I think they did a mm -hmm. two two sixteen, um, and I think they work it out over an average of two runs. I think I think that's how they do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, quite impressive. That's yeah. That was just ah oh. yeah. What what a thing to experience and and see. It's I think. Certainly from our perspective, you know, obviously we're, we're very Adelaide-based and very metropolitan-based. You kind of forget that this actually happens in our state. And I, I don't think – I don't know many people that have been to see it. Just, 
it's a very niche sport. <laughs> <It's> very niche, <laughs> and the people there are niche too. It's not. It's certainly not something that you you kind of um, you just look at all the people there and and well, Bryce and I just didn't fit in. Basically, we we just it's funny. All, all the people there are the most grassroots type of people, and I, I loved it. I think that, that those kind of things are it's. It was almost like a mix between like a Ulysses motorcycle club meeting or like a Vietnam vet kind of motorcycle meeting slash um, country and Western kind of shindig. It, it was just, <laughs> I, I mean it with all due respect, it just was these folks live and breathe salt like mm. racing and that's kind of their their thing. Um, and we met a few kind of interesting interesting folks that were from interstate, for example. There was, um, uh, in fact, I don't know if you've got that picture up at the moment, have you? Or um, that that exact car there, the orange one. Um, there was a, a team from uh, uh, Victoria mm-hmm. um, that were running a. I don't know exactly what it's powered by, but this this orange kind of. Kind oh, of that is belly very cool. That is a very cool thing. Um, I, 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 I like you. I know nothing about Salt Lake racing. I really don't know what I'm looking at, other than that it looks insane. Yeah, it, just it was just a really interesting <laughs> kind of car. And I actually made contact yeah. with the the driver, which is a young girl. Oh, I think she's 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Um, who was like they're kind of like they're a bit of bit of a bit of a popular team, and they were um they were mm. trying to get um uh I was trying to get in touch with her just to kind of do a bit of a bit of a story with them, but I couldn't didn't get in touch or didn't actually make contact in the end. Um, mm-hmm. just they were busy with you know getting their car set up and that kind of thing. But you know, um, trying to break a speed record and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. that, that was a bit more of a professional team. So they all had <laughs> shirts and you know, and they had yeah. a you know like a team truck and that kind of thing. And that was that was a really impressive looking. Uh, uh, yeah. kind of- she actually commented on on Facebook. Oh, there you go. There you go. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, if you're um, listening, that's a very impressive car. I don't know what I'm looking at, but it's very impressive. Yeah, I, I, I'm, <laughs> well, the, the driver's name was uh, was Gemma Dunn, and um, yep. and sorry if you're listening, Gemma. I'm sorry if I'm doing you any disservice whatsoever. By uh, uh, here we go, land speed land speed record. Uh, oh, here you go, taken away. Fastest Australian female on salt, 377 kilometers an hour. So yeah, yeah, she's not messing around. Um, she's moving. Yeah, but um, yeah. and they just had a really impressive, impressive setup with their car, and that they, they were like a really mm-hmm. professional, professional team. Not to imply that anyone else isn't professional, but they just, you mm. know, they, they they were there and they were really serious about you know trying to set a record and and do what they had to do. Um, yeah. So that that was quite impressive. But there was um, yeah, it was just a really um, the types of characters out there were fast. Like there were some really interesting guys. Um. And just and girls, you know, just really like folks that are out there that are. Um, and I don't know if that is that picture up. Yeah, so the the pic that Luke's just put up of the the prospector, which was that's part of I think a three car team, which is um, that's a that's a Kenworth truck to my eyes, but it's it is yeah, rail, yeah laying laying rail, and, yeah, uh, laying rail exactly. Um, yeah. In fact, if you go to my Instagram, you'll be able to find a little video of that thing going past. Um, oh. And um, so that thing was unbelievable. Like it's really hard to describe that um, in what that's like in person. But that thing was um, was phenomenal. It was just one of the kind of weird and wonderful kind of vehicles that was, uh, that mm. was out there. And there was a um, one that that struck my imagination because I nearly had a heart attack when I saw your photos. An Alfa Romeo Sprint. 
like yes. the one that's sitting behind you. Exactly, uh, exactly. Um, <laughs> Probably the least. Okay, a uh, my I only I know this because I learned to drive them. My dad has one. It's our track car. It is not a fast car in a straight line. It falls apart at the hint of salt and rust and anything like that so categorically you'd say it's probably the least suited car to salt lake racing and how did it go i i actually don't think it ran um in the end ah. it, was a, it was it was almost like it was a rare fairly fresh build um mm. like all like all good alphas they're, they're great when they're just finished <laughs> um <laughs> chuck <laughs> 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 That's it. Uh, keep, keep it fresh. Yeah, scroll scroll on down. Um, that Alpha was really nicely set up. It almost looked as if it was a mm. track car at some point in its life and, and whether they changed the gearing ratio or or yeah. whatever they had to do for Salt Lake Racing. Um, and, Andrew, it definitely doesn't have a 1200 box in it, put it that way. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm going to laugh because it's an Alpha. Um, <laughs> That's the, the, down a little the close... Bit the go. close All ratio right. get so, so in sort of for those that don't know like in the alpha kind of the suds in the 33 world that the, the gearbox that came with the 1200 cc engine the smallest engine has the closest ratios so the kind of the sweet spot of a sud really is to pair the biggest engine with the closest ratio gearbox and you kind of get a pretty pretty good little heels and track car but it tops out at about 150 k's now <laughs> so it's, yeah not 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 suited 170 160 170 but yeah not not suited to the salt but uh there is no audio on that i think but to give you uh, uh, this oh yeah. what's that picture with the with the guys there and oh, the, i'll explain yeah. the guy in a minute that's um is, is his that name is, his name is animal oh wow um but that is look at that, that audio, oh that video oh. there is that thing which you can just tell like oh. it looks like something from thunderbirds like it's just a really weird and wonderful thing i think yeah, it is essentially it, just a chassis with whatever else kind of yeah. glued onto it um Let's, can we get that, to animal can we talk about yeah. animal? so there is i'm going to do my best to describe it you've got what looks like some sort of belly take racer then you've got a guy in thongs and is he in his underwear or are they really well, short I, shorts could technically be three thongs in that picture i think um no, <laughs> I, 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 well, first of all that's not my photograph that's just a ah. a, a, a fairly famous photo of him um, oh, okay yeah but go keep your description going and i'll <laughs> yeah so we have a gentleman white salt racer t-shirt i yeah as i said can't tell if it's a, a second pair of thongs or if it's just some short shorts but either way there's there's a lot of thigh showing there's uh we're having a sort of a muscle we're in a muscle pose and there's a a, a mullet and a, and a large handlebar mustache he looks like um yeah that's that's a big mood that is a big mood yeah lots of energy in that picture um yeah. he so animal was and i i actually tried to get a photograph of kind of a bit of a portrait of him but he's very uh very sought after man he's basically the <laughs> I don't know if he's the overall like he's obviously part of an organizing team, um, but he's kind mm -hmm. of like the face of um, the face of, of Salt Lake Racing. Yeah, in Australia, like, and he's just known as Animal, and he's always if you if if he's if he's getting around, he's always in very short shorts, if not no shirt or or whatever. And um, he's you know he was the guy driving from the start line to the finish line to make sure that this is sorted out, and he was when I did see him when I was trying to pull him aside to get a photograph it was in the middle of the the timing issues so i couldn't i didn't really want to interrupt mm. him yeah uh, but he's a i say this with all due respect he is a definition of a creature like he's just a he's just a really interesting guy um 
I'd I'd love to have a chat with him. And we, he was at the. Can we, at the... Can we get Animal on the podcast? If anyone is watching that could link us up with Animal, I, I, and he can actually tell us about Zoldak racing, like all of the stuff we're sort of hypothesizing about. He could actually would be fascinating to actually learn about it. He would be far better informed than I am. That's for sure. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I, like. I, I, dad was telling me about him before. So dad, dad had been to the event maybe four or five years in a row or at least five times over the, you know, over the course of the last mm. 10 years or so. And he was telling me about Animal um, and he's like, oh, you got to see this guy, you know, rah, rah, rah. And um, yeah, yeah, he definitely stands out from the crowd. You know which one he is, that's for sure. Wonderful. Oh, I yeah. love that. That's great. That's great. What an event. What a, um, just a, like I, I, th- I think we, I'm guilty of this just as much as anyone else, but I think we kind of become quite insular in our own worlds and be that like a, a Malala world or a cars and coffee world or a hills driving world or an Italian car world. And you kind of forget that there is a whole new world of cars and motorsport out there that we know absolutely nothing about. It's like, it might as well be aviation. Like it's so different and so new that, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's a, it's, the thing that appealed to me about it is the fact that it's, and without knowing very much about it, I'd always been fascinated by like Bonneville and that kind of thing. And and mm-hmm. you know you watch things like the world's fastest Indian and 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 I was always a big fan and followed the the thrust SSC kind of land speed mm-hmm. record kind of attempt or, or whatever whatever it's turned out to be now. Mm-hmm. And um and this kind of thing. You know, I guess you've got it in your backyard, um, so to speak. You know, you kind of you can get you can get there. Yes, it's six hour drive, but you know the fact that you you yeah. can get there. It's really not. You don't have to travel. You know, to Bonneville. Yeah, and the fact that it's such a popular event, and it's not. And it's funny. They're even there. Um, oh, there. Luke, Luke's bringing up some pictures of another fairly famous. Um, I was going to say, you know, things like I, I don't know if Donald Campbell ever ran at Lake Gardner. Lake Air, sorry. Um, mm. I, that, that, yeah. Things like, um, you know, what's just called the Bluebird, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, once again, nowhere near up to, up, to, uh, up to scratch with the knowledge about that kind of thing. But, you know, that, that was something that was pretty, um, pretty prolific and it was British, wasn't it? And they brought it over mm. to Australia to, to Lake Air. And then they paraded it. They they brought it to Lake Air to run. And then after I think it broke the record, they paraded it around definitely South Australia and maybe not more. I in I think it's in Dutton Garage. There's pictures of it on the back of a truck going through like yeah. Bridgewater up in the Adelaide yeah, Hills. And there's also um, the there's also the wheel at Dutton's as well. The wheel so, at Dutton's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think it's actually so. Yeah, like my my grandparents used to own the Marin Hotel, and I think I think there's a picture of of the Bluebird. When they stayed there, I think they stayed at the Marion Hotel. Um, yeah, wow. And there's a, there's a family photo of that of that car and some other Salt Lake racing cars that that used to stay at the hotel um, during like racing season. Um, mm. I've got to dig up from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's one to yeah. share. We need to see that. Yeah, I got to yeah. find that one. I think it's actually got mm. one with Mum sitting in it or something. Like the, I think it was Bluebird. Oh, something like that. Ridiculous. Um, some ridiculous. Great car. I remember seeing the photo a long, 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 long time ago. But mm. one day, yeah, it's um, yeah, I'd... I'm I'm keen to get up there. I was a bit dev. I couldn't go actually. <laughs> yeah, well, we need to do it again. You, you can talk, you, if you talk that up. 
yeah, so the I think this year was cancelled for obvious COVID kind of reasons. Um, but they tend to announce whether it's going to happen or not. They tend to know what's happening with the uh, the the moon and you know the the um, the, the uh, I guess the water level and things like that. Uh, they tend mm. to fairly, oh, I think, towards kind of October November um, kind of period as to whether it will go on the next year. And I think this year was twenty years or maybe twenty five years of the event. Supposed to be twenty five. Yeah. Um, so the uh, when the events uh, uh, when, when it's kind of scheduled, you know, they these teams obviously start to start to get the ball rolling and and get the event kind of happening. So I think like Bryce and I organised it. I just booked some leave and we kind of just winged the the actual getting there because really we thought we'd get there on a Thursday. Come mm. back. Saturday or a Sunday, the 30th anniversary this year, uh, which I'm sure that will would have been huge, but also it would just make next year even bigger. Yeah, uh, if 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 it goes ahead, which I don't see why it wouldn't. I think as things are starting to relax over here, um, mm. I don't see how being in remote South Australia on a salt lake is really a uh, a COVID <laughs> issue. Um, you know, the, the most the most interesting thing I, I need to, unfortunately, I need to, to leave in a second, so I do apologise for that. Um, but, yeah, you, it's funny you say about how COVID rules sometimes don't necessarily relate to motorsport. I was at um, Snetterton last week taking some photos, and technically it was a no-spectator day. And um, I would, had kind of entered as a competitor, which got me in the gate, and I was taking photos. And I was a good 10-minute walk from anyone. I was standing on my own in the middle of a field at a corner, and one of the poor track marshals drove his car all the way over to <laughs> tell me that I wasn't it wasn't safe for me to stand on my own 15 minutes walk from anyone, but I was free to go and take photos in the pits and paddock back wherever I was. <laughs> and yeah. you just kind of go, okay, the guy's just, you know, doing his job and implementing the rules, but sometimes they don't quite fall <laughs> the way that the way that they should. So yeah. Um, anyway, boys, I do apologize. Um, I do need yeah, to, yeah. to split, but don't let this end no, the right, podcast. We'll Please keep no, chatting. Please keep no, chatting. No, we're good. It'll be awkward with us with one mic. We'll kind of have to be. Yeah. You can just get really close. <laughs> you can get really close. Well, I was, was going to say just before you go, though, like mm. uh, bear in mind for the uh, Dry Lake Racing Association with their 2020 event cancelled, I'm pretty sure they would have spent a bit of money on merch too leading up to the event, given it was a 30th anniversary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if they, like, jump on their website and have a look and, you know, there might be something that takes your fancy and, and get it and help them out to, to cover yeah. the cost of merch, which I'm sure happens. Yeah, it, it, it needs to be said, even though you may not have been, it's definitely a, uh, a badge of honour to have a DLRA sticker on the back of your car. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty like, it, you definitely give each other that nod. Um, yeah. 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 All right. Thank Thanks. you, boys. All right, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, thank you, boys. Sportscast Safari podcast. Um, yeah. Follow us on the channels at Sportscast Safari, sportscastsafari.com forward slash shop. Usual places. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Felix's, this week's handle is... Um, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Jägermeister. <laughs> we're, 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 uh, not really worth a follow. <laughs> just any, lots of just aviation and bikes and of my kid basically so <laughs> see you everybody <laughs>